Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show, a proud member of the Fantrax Podcast Network and the Fantrax HQ family. We are the podcast that got inaugurated recently. Not really, but just needed to find something clever. I got the normal crew with me. I got Brad Lee Holland. What is going on this fine Sunday? Love it, love it. I'm having a Wizards withdrawal right now. I need, I need to see my boys play, man. Oh, the Wizards. I don't uh, remember them. They haven't played in like two weeks, so they <laughs> ran out of my mind. Um, we are running low on Brad's, but we're not out yet. But I got the other guy. I got Coach James Silas. Lewis, what's going on? Um, words to the wise. I guess don't have more than uh, four Washington guys in your team. They're going to miss two <laughs> weeks. You're going to have 14 less games than your opponent. I'm, I'm just saying – the COVID is it is crazy uh, this year. It makes uh, fantasy basketball a lot hands on. Like you got to be on it in the morning and on it before uh, all the game starts because you don't know who's going to be playing, who's not playing. I'll say this: at least now the Wizards are all going to have that immunity, so there's no more outbreaks coming the rest of the year. Hopefully, so we'll be good. Maybe by the time the Wizards resume their game, Thomas Bryant will be fully recovered from his torn ACL. <laughs> but we got a great show planned for today. We're going to talk a little fantasy, as James mentioned. We're going to talk about players that you should add for the upcoming week. After that, we're going to cut, catch up on some NBA news this past week, as there's never shortage of drama in the NBA. After that, we'll go to our question of the week. Who is the best player to not make an all-star appearance? And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. But first, we do want to touch on the fantasy aspect and fantasy ads for week six. So which players are you looking to target on the waiver wire? This could be a hot player that's under the radar, someone that's benefiting from an injury to a teammate, or a guy that's just playing multiple games this week. We know that won't be the Wizards. Coach, I want to start with you. Who are a couple guys that are owned in 50% or less of leagues that you think that people should be targeting right now? Um, so this one's no secret. It's it's Boogie Cousins. If if Christian Wood is is out, um, he is a star. I mean, like yesterday he had 28, 17, and 5. And, man, it just feels good to see um, Boogie Cousins be successful after year after year of, of hard injuries. Um, but guys uh, that are more under the radar and people you should be looking at, uh, Wayne Ellington, uh, in the last five games, he's – averaging five threes a game he's starting he's playing big minutes and um he's shooting at a high clip he's it's 54 percent over the last week in that starting lineup and um he, he looks like he has a, a good chemistry um with with grant and um it looks like he's you gotta ride him while he's hot because you know these three-point shooters they go up and down when but he's hot pick him up now um and then Doug Dirtman has been eaten uh since uh the whole like uh Victor Oladipo Levert thing um, Dougie's getting his minutes. He's hitting over three threes, 17, five, five rebounds, three assists. So he, he's pretty much filling up, um, a lot of those categories. So those are two guys that I, I, I would look at. Coach looking at the three point shooting as always. I like it. Shooters shoot. Brad, what about you? Who are a couple guys under the radar that, uh, you think that you should target ASAP? All right. Both my guys, I'm going to stick with a uh, coach's theme. I'm going to go with Houston. Um, Eric Gordon, He's only 34.5% rostered on ESPN's league. Last four games, he's had 30, 36, 34, and 34 minutes. And his point totals have been 33, 20, 22, and 21. So that's a guy you can expect to hit at least, you know, two and a half threes for you a game. Um, so if you're in a categories league, he can help you out there. He can help you out on the point side. And because of the way the team is constructed now, they're kind of inside-outside with Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins. So he's getting those open threes on the on the perimeter. So I like Eric Gordon a lot. And then another under-the-radar pick, uh, Danilo Gallinari. Um, he's just getting back healthy. Uh, he played the other night. He only played 15 minutes. He's on a little bit of a minutes restriction right now. But I'm sure he'll get eased into it and give you some more minutes over the next few games. Uh, he did 10-4 and four in 15 minutes. So, you know, do the math. You per 36 that, he's going to be starter, getting starters minutes. 
30s minutes, he, 30 minutes a game, he could get you, you know, 20 and 10. So he's a guy I like a lot, low owned, take a flyer on him. So I love the Eric Gordon pick, and maybe it's just because Eric is his first name as well. Danilo <laughs> Gallinari, it is only going to be a matter of time before he gets hurt again. That guy can just not seem to oh, stay healthy. On. For me, I'm looking at a, a few guys, and they're both guards. Number one for me is Kendrick Nunn. He's played over 30 minutes the last four games, averaging 21 and a half a game. Jimmy Butler is currently sidelined with COVID. Tyler Hero has a neck issue. And the Heat are on a very thin rotation, so I think he's going to see a lot of minutes upcoming. He's somebody that showed potential last year as an undrafted rookie. So I think a lot of times with fantasy basketball, ride the hot stretch or ride when players are getting a lot of minutes. And my second guy, and he was somebody that I had actually picked up last year as well, that's Jalen Brunson. He's owned in about 6.1% of leagues. He's played uh, about 30 minutes his last three games. He's put up 13, 19, and 16. Um, he's averaging about four assists in that span as well, some rebounds. And he's somebody that he doesn't turn the ball over. He's not going to give you many steals or blocks, but he's somebody that I think does more good than bad. Um, you know, somebody that will give you modest scoring, maybe if Luka needs a night off. So – I think after Tim Hardaway, Porzingis, and Doncic, they don't really have a fourth option. So if any of them are out, I think you could see a scoring increase for him. But I think all great suggestions. And as Coach mentioned, with COVID, you're going to have to check your lineups every day. So maybe if you have somebody out, these are guys to plug in for the week. But speaking of plugging in, do you like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast. Want to hear more of Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and football show that you can also check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content and are quarantined, how about passing time by giving us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on Twitter and IG at TripPlayFantasy. Myself and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions, bold predictions, which are almost right, David being a thirst, and our weekly episode drops. You know that feeling after you get a great night's sleep and you want to feel and you feel refreshed? That's the feeling we want to provide. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal players, for your listens each and every week. We are going to talk some more NBA catch-up right after this short break. All right, so we have uh, some news to review in the NBA the past week. There haven't been any uh, blockbuster trades. Those only happen once in a blue moon, it seems, but... I want to start off, and Coach inspired me with this segment, so I, I do want to start with him. And that's the impressive performance of the week. Which player balled out this last week and deserves a shout-out, even though they'll probably likely never hear it on this podcast? Coach, who's your guy? We might have to take two rounds on this one. Um, I think the one that sticks out uh, more than anyone else is uh, Colin Sexton, given some sex education. Um <laughs> Welcome to the league, young fella. He hasn't had less than 20 points in any game this season. That's a Cavalier record. Um, and with LeBron James being in the, in the franchise ranks, it's that's pretty pretty high stature. Uh, his 42 with the clutch three in overtime against the Nets' big three was uh, so, so impressive. He's averaging 27 on the season, and he came back the next night and, and beat them again. So uh, he has that Cavaliers team playing excited basketball and um, really making me eat my words on saying that the Cavalier backcourt is trash since I also own Garland in my league. <laughs> yeah. Let me just say Colin Sexton is a dog. I'm mad. I didn't get him in our fantasy drafts, but uh, I could see big things coming. I will say the, the flip side, he has a turnover machine, but great pick. Brad, who's your guy? He's the guy I've been defending for the past few weeks. Kyrie Irving, man, he uh, this, this is a fantasy show, so you know I got I got to shout out his stats, and you know he came back, he was out of shape, and all he did was play forty eight minutes, score thirty seven points, three blocks, one steal, three assists, two boards. Then the next day, again against Cleveland, thirty eight points, one block, five assists, one board, and that was with KD and Harden on the team. And then we got uh, against Miami just recently. 28 7 and 6 like the guys he's not even playing point guard anymore J james harden's playing point guard he's already made that adjustment he's shifting over to shooting guard and even with that he's still putting up the numbers putting up the stats he's doing it efficiently 
Um, it's not like he's chucking up 30 shots and shooting 30%. Like he, he shot over 50% in this 10 for 17 in this most recent game. So um, I really like what Kyrie's doing. Um, I think, you know, as the, the continuity goes on and they understand the pecking order and they get more comfortable in their new positions, I think the Nets are really going to start to take off. Um, if we remember that that Heat team, they went 9-9 nine and nine and people were talking about blowing it up. So um, I'm not too worried about the slow start. I think they're going to get it together, but Kyrie looked really good. They were in yesterday what was the most impressive that he had hit a vintage Kyrie clutch yeah. take over the basketball game at the end of the game type of moment. And I think that, I mean, every, every hoop fan loves to see Kyrie Absolutely. in the clutch do his magic. Absolutely. Sell high on him before he goes MIA again. For me, me, it's Donovan Mitchell, and the Jazz are on an eight-game winning streak. They've been the hottest team in the NBA. Uh, Scored 36 the other night against the Pelicans on the second of a back-to-back. Has just been doing really well. Uh, Seven rebounds in three straight games. Uh, Has been averaging about five assists the last three games as well, so not just on the scoring end. But also kind of how he owned up to Shaq. Shaq has no problem calling out. He has no problem calling out big men, but now it seems like he's picking on guards. And Donovan Mitchell just kind of shrugged it off, saying, I've been looked over my entire life. I'm just going to keep, you know, balling out. I mean, Donovan Mitchell was averaging 36 in the playoff series last year. I think he's on the borderline of superstar if he's not already now. And maybe it's not recognized in Shaq's eyes like that, but I think if they keep playing the way they are, um, that Utah Jazz are going to get more respect. In the Eric. NBA, so. Eric Shaq is the biggest hater in the league or that has ever played in the league, I should say. And he's never allowed on our podcast. I'm making that okay. known right now. And, okay. he's a, and, he, and to quote Christian Wood, he's a casual. He's a he casual. Is. <laughs> he, he is, is. a casual. All right, All right Coach. Um, I did want to read. I said I, I want to say. I, I, okay, go ahead. I was going to say I, I got one that I wanted to go around um, that, that was impressive to me, but I wanted to hear you guys' take on it. And that's Steph Curry. Um, the first was the, the the double step back on on AD kind of take over that game. I think they were down maybe 17-19 against the Lakers, and he took over the fourth quarter. And uh, he hasn't always been the best in the clutch. But at age 32, he is now second all-time in three-pointers, passing his childhood favorite player, Reggie That's Miller. Great, yeah. And that was beautiful to watch them kind of go back and forth, uh, celebrating each other uh, with uh, Reggie Miller coming in in a post-game um, a conference giving him um, his his flowers, a shout out. So I wanted to hear your guys' take on Steph Curry. He got a lot of slander before this season, and um, and, and they look terrible in those first two games. But he is putting his team on his back. I'll say this: he he looks good. He mainly looks good when Draymond is running the show. Um, I think Draymond brings a a continuity to the offense that Steph really needs. He needs everybody to set picks you know, at a certain position, at a certain place, so he can get those open threes. Um, that's what that's when we really get like the purest form of Steph. But if we're gonna if we're gonna bring up a second player, I gotta do this for Eric. Uh Clint Capella, man. I try to tell you, John Collins, man, that he's a great player, but having Clint Capella as a twin towers front court is really gonna take away from some of his numbers. How are you feeling about Clint Capella, Eric? I mean, well, on the John Collins note, right now. on the John on the John Collins note before that, two games ago he had thirty-one and eleven against Detroit. So I'm not <laughs> saying true. I'm not saying he's. I mean, Clint Capella's good. I mean, maybe that Twin Towers thing works out. I mean, he's he's a great rebounder. I know he had twenty-seven and twenty-six, and he has been killing it on the boards. I mean, Ooh. Atlanta's first in the Southeast Division, so yeah, man, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't seem to be doing anything bad for them, Coach. To touch I, on. Uh, that 27, uh, 26 game, I actually got the, his other numbers here. He had five blocks in that game. He had a 23-15, a 25-15, a 13-19, and 10 blocks. He's averaging 22 points, 19 boards, and 5.5 blocks. That's winning you at least two categories for it, the it's, week. It, it's safe to say Atlanta isn't re-signing John Collins, but they're going to make mm-hmm. it work at least for this year. Coach, to touch on your Steph Curry point, I mean, he's – the greatest shooter of all time it's only going to be a matter of time before he passes ray allen i think you can never put him in the best of all time category because of his build he's slight it's hard for guards to be that dominant because people can body them you can switch a big man on them 
have longer wingspans, so it's more difficult for them to get their shot unless they're getting those screens or being set up like Brad talks about. Coach, I did want to ask, so Brad, Brad said no to Shaq. I respect that that will be the one guy we do not have on. I'm giving you one person that if you don't want to have on, we won't. The floor is yours. <laughs> Oh, I'm not prepared for that. Um, and Shaq can, come <laughs> we, on. Shaq can come on any any no, time. He no haters. No, he okay. can't. I don't, I don't even want to boost listeners. Coach, Coach, I'm going to come back to you at the end of the show, and I'm going to ask who's the guy you don't want on our pod. But let's go to the next topic and talk a little bit about COVID because, of course, it's something we can't run away from. The Wizards have missed seven straight games. The Grizzlies are set to mix, to miss their next three games. So not only does this impact these teams, but the scheduling of their opponents. The NBA built in a little leeway to expect these postponed games. And the goal was to finish the season by the Olympics, which start July 23rd, which is basically six months from now. So my question for you guys, should the NBA shut it down for now, or should they focus on the season rather than the Olympics? I mean, time is ticking. So Brad, I want to start with you. What do you think is the best solution? Yeah, I, th I think the should question is a little bit too far gone. I, I think the should we be playing basketball in a pandemic is probably a no. But the answer is that, you know, they're going to play because both the NBA for, you know, sponsorship dollars and television money, they need to play. And the players want to get paid, too. Like, it's you can't just get paid and, and not play. So I think it's fair to say they all want to play and they're all going to play. Um, it's It's, you know, it's kind of what we thought going into the season that it was going to be a lot like baseball where they had postponements they you know sprinkle in a little bit of outbreak here and there on some teams and but eventually we'll get through it just like baseball got through it and i'm not too worried that the season will go on as planned but if i could just fearmonger a little bit um what does worry me is that if this new strain of the virus is more contagious and maybe it spreads through you know it spreads through services or you know, it goes through masks more efficiently than they were before or the, the previous strain was go, was working against masks or maybe the vaccine isn't as uh, effective against the new strain. All those kind of things could, could kind of throw a wrench in this whole situation. But as things stand now, I think uh, we'll, we'll probably definitely get through the season. Yeah, and it's something where we're playing it by ear once again. I mean, the pandemic seems normal to us, but then we realize like this is extreme circumstances and sports you know they want to go on because the money is there but there is yeah. no so there is no solution a lot of leagues are still playing this by year coach what are your thoughts um so yeah the wizards haven't played in 14 days seven games how are you going to make up those games in the schedule russell's already not playing back to backs they're already two and nine so i mean that it's crazy but you to think that a season 10 games in is is, is a wash but it, it it's it's already looking that way so I would think about like, are they going to overplay them, and like, how are they going to schedule that? I got to look more deeper into that. Um, I think they've always prioritized the season and get, getting through it. In Olympics, if they have to throw out college guys, they, like they'll sacrifice uh, a year to get things back in order. They they're clearly not looking at uh, holding out or, or stopping for a couple weeks. Although, if another outbreak like the Wizards situation happens. I think they really like the two teams have a deal like that. They really should um, think about stopping it for for a week or two. Um, but I, like Brad pointed out, I don't think that that's going to happen. Another idea that they've thrown out is like maybe throw, like add another flex spots where they're not really with the team, and then you can fill that seven eight um, roster or the eight minimum players that you need to play. But of course, that that taints teams. I mean, we saw the Boston Celtics go from first in the East to fourth because Jason Tatum got COVID and um, the, the, the Philly really took advantage of that um, with Jalen Brown balling out. But I think one thing that stood out to me in the past week was the PSA of players getting vaccinated. Um, that idea has been thrown out there. I think that it's a good idea at the end of the day. I know that there's a back and forth conversations that you can have on that, but the commercial with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar getting it on MLK day, um, I, I like that note. It's, it's like, hey, it's safe, public. You should you should be out trying to get it. And I think that the players um, should be offered it. The vaccine. Yeah, yeah, and and great points on both your guys's, and especially kind of tying in the vaccine because hopefully that makes the season run a little more efficiently. 
I think if you're I the NBA, know, you don't I, think I, so? I, I, no, I mean, we look at, you know, there's big shortages and backups. I, I saw in like New York, like there were some vaccines that were literally going bad because the the process to get it to the people has been so, so bad um, that they really, the stuff's going to waste. Like the frontline workers aren't getting it the way they, they need to be getting it. So I think it's, it's kind of messed up to have, you know, just NBA players get it just because, you know, they're rich and we want to watch basketball. Um, I understand the, the, the PSA nature of it, the kind of the, the propaganda nature of like, listen, these are our top flight athletes. They're getting it. If they're worth so much money and if they're getting it, you should know that it's safe. But at the end of the day, like the reason we started the rollout to frontline workers first was because they have the most exposure to people that are getting this virus. So if they're not all vaccinated, I think it's kind of messed up to have NBA players get it first just because they have the money and they have the, the better pipeline to get it done. Brad, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. And I, I fully support with what you say, but you must be living under a rock because the people that have money and fame and power in this country usually get privileged like that first, unfortunately. Oh, um, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And- but if, but we're talking about should it happen and we still have the ability to make it so that it's not happening. And I, I agree to with just you. gloss over that and be like, listen, this is going to be good for everybody isn't necessarily the route to take, but no, you're right. It, it, that was, it was always the case that, you know, money was going to get this vaccine. <laughs> That's just going to be what it is. And yep. at the end of the day, like the goal is just to have everybody vaccinated, right? Like it shouldn't matter mm-hmm. who gets it first, but it does if there's not a supply available for everyone. And the NBA is a billion dollar corporation. If they decide to go in this way and have it mandatory for players to get vaccines, mm-hmm. we sure, we, we probably assume that it will happen. For me, I think if you're the NBA, you have to pick one or the other. And if I was Adam Silver, I say that you finish out the season. Maybe you can do another, you know, two-week mini break, have everybody quarantine so that you come back and that there's no positive cases. We've seen in the NFL as there's less and less teams competing for a Super Bowl that they're really hunkering down. I, I think you remember, if you think uh, about the You remember when Adam Silver was like, We're not gonna jump the line? You remember that? Yes. Uh, good times. Shine, coming off on the boy. Good times. But um, <laughs> I, I think I think if you're the NBA, you view the Olympics kind of as the NFL does with the Pro Bowl, where it's like, like oh, Tom Brady's nominated to the Pro Bowl. Well, he's not going to go. Then they'll give it to, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota. And it's like Mariota technically has a, a Pro Bowl on his resume, but he was the third alternate. And I think if you're the NBA, you maybe have people like Buddy Heald or – you know, the, the Clint Capellas that aren't the superstars, but aren't scrubs to represent the country, people that maybe wouldn't have gotten that Olympics roster. But I think you've started the season now. I think you have to finish it. I think it, it's, it was a cute idea to try to squeeze the Olympics in at the same time. But if you're trying to get both done, that's really not caring about the safety of the players. It's really showing that it is about the bottom line dollar. And I understand getting the season done, but I think you have to choose one or the other. So... You think you think there's any risk that the Olympics gets postponed at all? No. I was gonna, I was gonna I, so so I think if the Olympics gets postponed, that this will be the end of the Olympics because it costs so much money for cities to host it, to build the whatever infrastructure, to hire the workers. It already like if you read books and studies, the Olympics are actually bad for the local economy because yeah. so much money yeah. is put in that tourist bubble, and as soon as it's yeah. over. And it's rising costs each year. So if team or if cities can't even get the full benefit of the tourism and that, like I said, that bubble that is associated, I think if you postpone it again, that nobody's going to want to bid for it. So I do think the Olympics will happen. You know, I think it's kind of a diluted product at this point, but I don't think teams are going to punt on it or, or sports are. But I don't know. I think I think, my, I think my I think some countries will, will pull out, honestly, and it may be not the worst idea that you skip this Olympic games, like the four years, because I guess what next year would be winter uh, Olympics, unless you wanted to do winter and summer in the same year. Uh, But because they're different sports, I'm just spitballing here, but uh, uh, it's the pandemic is still very live. And, you know, it's almost February. I, 
I don't know if it's a if if it's a guarantee with the Olympics. The thing is, like, there's there's a legitimate chance that eventually we're just gonna stop calling this a pandemic because we're just gonna. It's gonna be to a live. lifestyle. Yeah, we're just gonna have to live with COVID in our lives at all times. Like, it's just like other viruses we get, flu strains and any other coronaviruses. Like, they stick around. It's they stick around. They evolve, and there's no way to really eradicate them. We just wanna hopefully get to a point where you know we're vaccinated and we can't get it anymore i don't know if we'll get to that point but you know there's there's a chance that things just might go on as as scheduled because this is always going to be there and to just you know throw away the money that could potentially be made and the jobs that could be created would kind of be you know a a moot point no i i certainly agree and you know it it seems like we've been living here and it doesn't seem like by this point next year, we're going to be resuming any sort of normalcy. But I want to go to right. some a story that isn't normal either uh, for us, maybe for the Cavaliers. So unless you've been living under a rock, Kevin Porter was traded from Cleveland to the Rockets for a heavily protected pick. Um, this was after the 2019 first round pick reportedly had a screaming match with team officials last week. Porter was upset that his locker had been moved to an auxiliary area after his old locker was given to Torian Prince, who arrived in the Houston trade. Apparently, he threw food as well, which is, I, I was saying, a little uncommon, as J.R. Smith did that, throwing soup at Damon Jones last year. So, Coach, I want to start with you. How would you have handled this situation if you were the Cavaliers? Um, like they did. Um, so, a little background. Watching uh, Kevin Porter Jr. on uh, Chris Brinkley's uh, show declared on ESPN Plus, or he, he's training uh, – Pro, high, uh, college prospects that are going into the NBA. You get to know Kevin a little bit better, and um, obviously he he's had a troubled childhood. He had to deal with his father being murdered at a young age. Uh, he's a walking, talented red flag, and based on his track record, most recently in November, um, he got pulled over, and he had a loaded handgun and marijuana in the vehicle. He still has to deal with that. Um, and yes, he might be a little misunderstood, but I'm looking for strong character and more maturity in a young player if I already have a young team in place like Cleveland does. So we aren't going to sit here and babysit or have internal issues like this one. I mean, he had already been missing games for personal uh, for personal time. Uh, so if I'm the Rockets, I'll send a second round flyer to get him because of his ability to isolate his score one on one is exceptional for his agent. Man, does he look the part when he's rolling. Uh, he did average 10 points a game last year. Hopefully, as a rookie, hopefully John Wall and, and Boogie Cousins can put him under their wing. Um, they were both, both misunderstood as young men, and hopefully a new situation will help his future because, I mean, the kid is super, uber talented. Yeah, I mean, John Wall and Boogie Cousins are maybe misunderstood now. Boogie, I think, leads the league in technical fouls, and John Wall, even this summer, was throwing up gang signs, so... Maybe they'll put them right under that window, but it could be good. They are all talented players. Brad, you were GM of the Cavs, I think, in maybe our uh, our preseason thing. What would you do if you were Kobe Altman? Yeah, so with Kyrie, we were talking a lot about, like, is the juice worth the squeeze? And the answer with Kyrie was, you know, absolutely. He's an all-NBA talent. You're going to put up with whatever happens. Um, with Kevin Porter Jr., the answer is probably no, right? Like it's, we haven't seen him play much and, you know, his potential is, is through the roof, but that's all it is right now is potential. We don't know if it'll be realized. And if you're doing things that are putting your, your teammates in a, in a position where they're not comfortable coming into work or they feel like they have to walk on eggshells around you, then I think it's the right thing to do to trade them and give your own team a fresh start who, you know, not for nothing. They're in the playoff race right now. And, you know, you're giving you're giving uh, Kevin Porter Jr. a fresh start. He can go somewhere where he can kind of have a cleanish slate and kind of just accept a new a new role that he has and, and kind of go up from there. I will say, though, um, I was watching inside the NBA and Kenny Kenny brought up an interesting point that I hadn't considered. He said that. You should not be moving somebody's locker without asking them. Like there's personal stuff in there. Like it's not just, you know, a place where you go to hang up your jersey. Like there's there's personal things. Like that's a locker. There's a lock on it. Like there's there's things yeah. that they care about, things that they don't 
they don't want to be stolen or touched by other people. And they just moved it without asking them. They could have put the auxiliary room too. Yeah, that and they could have just they could have put Torian Prince in the auxiliary auxiliary room if they wanted yeah. to. Like they made the decision that they were going to move this kid's stuff without asking him. And I, I I'm not saying his reaction is is you know justified, but it's understandable. I'd be. You have to feel targeted. Of, you have to feel targeted absolutely. if you're him. He's already a guy with you know, mental issues to some extent, and then you you on top of that, you're the your employer is moving your stuff without asking you. Like, how are you supposed to feel about that? So you got to think about, they, are they trying to poke the bear by, by moving him? Because yeah. he hasn't shown up to work. He hasn't come. Like that's, in they're to, they're, they're yeah. trying to make, I, at least you have to have it in your, your mind that they're trying to make a statement that they want you to feel a certain way. And he did feel a certain way about it. And he reacted. So, you know, I, I understand where he's coming from. I'm glad he gets to start fresh and I wish him the best. You know, it's interesting. I think Cavaliers, and I can't think of a better word, are probably the one of the quirkiest organizations. This is a team that's loaded up on big men. That is the opposite of what NBA does. And for example, Andre Drummond, they didn't trade, they traded a second round pick for him last year. Obviously, they're yeah. taking on his contract. They got Jared Allen for basically nothing, but they're mm-hmm. stacking at certain positions, which I think is interesting. Um, and it I seems like they're trying to build trade out. I do. I do think they're thinking assets. And I think Trading Kevin Porter was the right move, but I don't think it was the right time. And I'm going to use this example. When Andre Iguodala was traded to Memphis last year, it could have just been, oh, hey, we'll buy him out and go to whatever team. Memphis said, no, we have him. He's an asset. We're going to wait for the right pick and the right opportunity. What happened? They waited till a team was desperate. The Heat then ended up trading, I think, Justice Winslow in a second-round pick. And that's probably more value they would have gotten, A, if they had just bought him out. Or B, if they had traded him for the first offer they would have got. I think if teams that were contending, you know, maybe had COVID issues or if somebody got injured, you know, I I think of the Nets with maybe a Spencer Dinwiddie where it's like, hey, you're a talented player. We're in win now mode. We already traded away a bunch of picks. We'll give you two second round picks. I think Kevin, I mean, if you're the Cavaliers, you just spent your first round pick on him last year. He is a talented player. Obviously, the mental issues are there. But teams were interested, so I think if you had held them a little bit longer when there was scarcity value for names on the market, I think you could have gotten a little bit more. But at least you will, did get something. I will say with Iggy, I mean that that is a former, um, you know, Finals MVP, great character guy, and his value was going to hold. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. not playing by not playing, I don't see his value increasing. If anything, he was just going to be more detrimental to the team, and they just wanted to they wanted to start fresh get rid of him in their organization and build on the other young core that they have. So I think that that situation is a little different just because Iggy just track record and just a great, great professional. His, he was always going to hold value. I I agree with that, but Iguodala is 36. He was 35 when this happened last year. You're getting him as a veteran presence and a role player, as opposed to Kevin Porter, whose ceiling is probably higher than Iguodala at this point. If you're looking from a basketball, like skill point perspective. Also, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, there's not a lot of people that can have an outburst, can have gun charges, can have, you know, mental issues all hanging over their head and they still have any sort of trade value whatsoever. Like most people with all that, they just get cut. So I think to have some trade value, to have a second round pick value still put on you after all that, it really says a lot about his ceiling. Like they... The Rockets are saying this guy could be somebody that's in our future for a long time. It, Let's just it helps to be talented. I mean, look at Malik Beasley and the T-Wolves. I mean, they just drafted Anthony Edwards, but yet he's still got, a what, $60 million, and he's got charges looming um, sim- yeah. similar with the gun. So uh, I guess, I mean, if you can score 20 a game and you can, you can do well, you still have a job here in the NBA. KCP was in jail for 30 days in LA and was allowed to play in home games wearing an ankle bracelet. He couldn't travel outside of the state of California. So they played on the East coast or uh, anywhere outside that state. He wasn't allowed to play, but once again, just shows that if you're talented and can put a ball through a hoop that you have more value than the average American. But we're going to talk about our last topic and that's, you know, James Harden is off the trade block now, arguably the biggest name. Bradley Beal has been a name floated around for a while. 
The Wizards are three and eight, have COVID issues where they haven't played in two weeks. Thomas Bryan is out for the year with a torn ACL. Russell Westbrook has left quad issues. As Wizards fans, this is the team that we follow near and dear. So this is a personal subject. And Brad, I want to start with you. Should the Wizards trade Bradley Beal? And if they do, what teams do you think should be knocking on their door? First of all, Eric, have you done Bradley Beal Kilgore yet? Yes, I did. Okay. All right. There we go. So um, to answer your question, um, to me, that's a it's a astounding no. Like there's no value that you could get for Brad Beal that would make the Wizards better this year. And there's no value you could get for him that would make them better in years to come. So the way I look at it is, let's just say they won't make the playoffs this year, which I'm not prepared to do, to be honest. They're, I don't know, they're what, four games back with however many to go, 50 to go. Like that doesn't, Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about that really. But let's just say that they didn't have the ability to make the playoffs this year. Like, so what? Like, why would you trade an all-NBA guy who's not making a stink? Like, he's not hes not James Harden. He's not saying, get me out of here. I want to go to this place, to this place. He would if he, if, he, if he wanted to leave, but he hasn't yet. And I think it's he values, you know, where his family is. He values the, the freedom that he's getting with the Wizards. He values that he's basically developed his entire – he came – he came in the league as a first-round pick who could shoot from Florida, and now he's developed into an all-NBA caliber guy. And it's to me, there's not there's not anybody in the draft that I think has Bradley Bill that has Bradley Bill's ceiling. So there's I I wouldn't want a bunch of second-round picks. I wouldn't want a bunch of first-round picks. I don't even know that I'd want a number one pick. Like it's uh, maybe Cade Cunningham is good. Maybe you know. Amoni Bates, Amoni Bates could be good. All these guys could be great, and I expect them to be great. But Bradley Beal is great, and if you don't have the pressure of trying to trade him, if he doesn't want to leave, if he's said in the past that he wants to be here, let's not force him out. Okay, uh, that is one perspective, Coach. As a Wiz fan and somebody that's wearing bullets attire right now, do you echo what Brad said? So. A little bit. I, I'm torn here as a, as a Wiz fan because uh, I would hate to see Bradley Beal go. I mean, he is a beautiful basketball player, and I agree. He's all NBA caliber, and let's mm-hmm. see if he doesn't get nixed uh, <laughs> again when it comes to uh, the All-Star. Um, Man's averaging 35. I mean, they. I mean, last year he was leading the league in points per game yeah. around the break. Um so he's a beautiful basketball player, but he's also a great human. Um, he does a lot yes. in the community, and he's such a leader. He, he's such a great – just human being. Um, he doesn't have any off-the-court issues. But I will say, um, with the Wizards not really going anywhere fast, and we just we, – we, we did see what Philly was dangling out for James Harden. And you would think that Brad could get more than, than what – uh, was being offered for James. And if Philly sends that same offer and maybe oh, say Brogan, Maxi, uh, you're getting, I mean, you are getting draft capital. Like that is something. And you got to think there's like, I think like 40% of the league can't even trade draft picks. I think it's even more than that with all of these uh, big deals that have been happening. And so th- there's not many picks to go around anymore. Um, and, and maybe getting those if if you can. If I'm Philly, I don't know if I want to see Ben Simmons go. He, he is younger, and he's on a, a a contract that puts him in, what, four or five years? I think Doc mentioned um, the other day. And uh, so I, I would say that uh, I wouldn't not consider it. I would I'll say I would this, Coach. Look at offers, but. I'll say this, Coach. Uh, if they're going to trade Brad Beal, I like the mentality of what they did with John Wall. They said, okay, we've got this guy who's got a huge contract. We need to either match salary or get somebody to eat it. We don't want picks. We want to compete. We'll trade John Wall for Russ. That's fine. Like, I like that. If they were to trade Brad Beal for, like, somebody who might stay, like a superstar caliber player who might actually stay and picks, that's interesting. Like, if they wanted to do – you know, a Victor Oladipo who's from the area. Like he would, I think they could have a chance at making him stay. If they wanted to trade him for Victor Oladipo and picks, maybe I could get around with it. But if it's just going to be shit Brad Beal off for like, I no, don't but know, you want a young, Tyler Hero, you want a young superstar. Robinson. 
And no. Houston doesn't have any picks. All right, you guys. No, no, no. I'm I'm not saying that could happen. I'm just saying okay. if that was the type of thing to happen, I could get around to it. But I don't want Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and picks. The Wizards aren't. They're not going to draft well. Like it's just not going to. I'm not going to bet on that. All right. Well, I wouldn't say that because this is um, Tommy Shepard, not Ernie Grunfeld. If it was Ernie, I would say that. You guys ready for this? That was a blowing up sound effect. That is what the Wizards need to do. They need to blow up this team. When is the last time they've tried this? 10 years before they got John Wall, this team has hit its peak. They've tried trading Wall for Westbrook. Even before he got hurt, it didn't look good. Bradley Beal, I don't know if you guys remember, like five or six years ago, wasn't playing consistently because he had stress reactions in his leg. He wasn't supposed to play as much as he is now. This is where his trade value is highest. The Wizards aren't going anywhere. Their their ceiling is like maybe they win in like L.A. They have a a feel-good win, and then they lose by 20 points at the Hornets at home. They need to rebuild from the bottom up. They they keep trying to put Band-Aids over large wounds. So I'm going to give you a sleeper team that I think should make a trade for Bradley Beal, the Denver Nuggets, because they are in a win-now mode. They Their cornerstones are Jamal Murray and Jokic. They have Millsap, who's a veteran, but this is what I would do. I would ask for Michael Porter, Monty Morris, or Gary Harris, and two future first-round picks. You're getting young talent. You're getting picks that hopefully can uh, – Brad, I see you shaking your head. I know that this is tough as a Wizards fan. I love Bradley Beal. I don't want to see him go. We don't want to let him waste his career in D.C. He is too special for that. that. It's not even that. Uh, First of all, I don't think we can officially say that, like, the Wizards aren't going to be good. Like they've played they 11 aren't. games or something. They yeah, played they 11 games, dude. Like yeah, look yeah, at the Nets. The Nets, th- the Nets have won. The Nets have won two games having Harden, Irving, and KD. Like that's that's too small of a sample size. You have to let. Yeah, people but they know, have a loaded roster. The, but but they have three talented so, players. The Wizards and the have, Wizards have two. They have the Russell Wizards, Westbrook. They have Russell, two All Pro players. Like it, that's that's a talented okay. team. First of all, and second of all, to, to hold on, let me just let me just okay. cr- critique your trade. Let me critique your trade. I like MPJ okay. a lot. He's a great talent. I understand where you're coming with that. With that, but having two late round first picks is not a rebuild. Like that doesn't help you. That, that's essentially having like an early second round pick. Like, yeah, I need the kitchen sink if I'm going to make the deal. I need yeah. the, four, the four and four. Um, Denver did say that they that Michael Porter Jr. was untouchable, but that was before the season started. I, they said they weren't, they weren't looking at anything, but that would be perfect move Doc, for Denver. You, okay. Again, you know what deal I'd take, Doc? I'd take, I'd take the, the deal that Philly was offering from Harden. Like, I'd take oh, Ben it, Simmons back. Oh, if you can get Ben Simmons, for sure. For sure. I, I doubt they would try that. Um, I was just thinking more of what teams would um, maybe offer, but, I, you know, for those teams that are going all in, you never know. Um, I think Harden is a tier above Beal, so I think Simmons would have been available yes. for Harden. I don't know if right. Philly's making the same offer for Bradley Beal, but I, I think agree. Bradley has a higher um, ha- has a higher trade value though because but, he's more reliable and because he's younger. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't have the appeal of a Harden, but Brad, Nets Harden have, he can play the, with any system on any team. He's like a Clay Thompson, like he's a. I hear you. On, no, no, no. I, I hear Brad, you, but James Harden is James Harden. Brad, Brad I want to touch on your point. This is, what, this, this, is, this is why I saved it for last. The Nets have two of the top five players in the NBA in Harden and Durant. Three of the top uh-huh. ten, if you want to say Irving. Two of yeah. the three of them are healthy no full-time where they're playing where they're playing back-to-backs. Kevin Durant right. obviously is sitting some out. The Wizards have Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, who already is injured and has been injury-prone the past couple of years. And you have Thomas Bryant with a torn ACL. I that's no, I, I hear you. At, Listen, I'm not saying you're I'm not saying you're wrong to blow it up. I'm just saying if you're if you're choosing to blow it up and you get back two first round picks and MPJ, that's not that's not what you want to do. Like that's not fulfilling your need okay. of rebuilding. Okay, okay. If if you can get the if, if you can get the four swaps, like hell yeah. Like I'm just saying they need to trade Bradley Beal. This is where his value is highest. The Wizards aren't going anywhere. I hate being in the middle or, or you know, a below 500 team with some promise. Do you write with with what's it with for his career and give him a chance to win? Let me ask you this, E. All right, so we've seen 
in this league, it really only takes a, a single player to turn your whole fortunes around. Instead of blowing it up, why don't we try to blow it up and try to get like one more superstar? Like, why can't we've we do already that? done that? We've already done that. We give up assets to do that. The Wizards for the past 10 years have thought they one. We can give up. We can give up Rui. We can give up Thomas Bryant. We can no, give up. I am, I am tired. I am t- we can give up Jordan Bell. We can give we up. We are picks. not. We are not one player away. That's that's the biggest mistake that the Wizards have done for the past 10 so years. Think, trading a Russell first West round Russell. pick, trading a first round pick for Bogdan Bogdanovich and having him leave. And then that pick be Jarrett Allen was a move where we thought we were one pick or one player away. We got bounced in the first round of the playoffs that year. So you'd rather suffer for like five years to maybe have a good team. Yes. When you already have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Yes. That seems seems ridiculous to me. Okay. Well, I am. The Wizards did that with Markeith Morris. They sent out first round pick. And then in the Steph Curry draft, they they trade their, again, their. they, they like traded their first round pick for Randy Foy and Mike Miller, and it didn't work. Both so like telling, down this, that is the, this is like telling the Sixers to blow it up because they don't have a championship team. Like they have two, they have two superstars, and they should blow it up because they can't. They're like sitting up, like first in the East, though. Like they're they're, they're no. Yeah, they're, right, they're, right. They're right. The, 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 the Wizards. The Wizards have never been first in the East after like the I'm first saying, three I'm, days of the no, season. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying you're you're playing the result right now. Like you're saying because they're three and eight or whatever that they are not good. And I'm saying you have to play if you're if you're looking at you know building a team, you have to look at the talent you have. There aren't many teams that can compete with having Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Like those are what players are, that both people so, would love to have. So, so I'm going to touch on this one last point because then we'll transition to our question in game of the week. Russell Westbrook is an exciting player to watch. What have his teams done with postseason success? He's won one series since KD left the Thunder, and that was with the Rockets last year. So entertaining or top player or not, he has not been a results-driven player. He's an he's an all-NBA player. That's that. He is, ex- I don't, he is, he is exciting to watch, but history not, shows that he is not a winning player. Basketball is a team sport. There are no winning players. There's winning teams, and he hasn't. Been as on much one. as I hate he LeBron, he's a winning, winning player. Team. He, he, he lasted before we transition. Um, there's like one I, player that's a winning player, and it's LeBron. Yes, if, but everybody look at Steph Curry. Is Steph Curry shit because he had a terrible team last year? No, he's Steph Curry. An all an all NBA talent is an all NBA talent. Regardless, Steph Curry also shit. has three rings. The Wizards haven't made it to the conference finals. Yeah, yeah, he had three rings with Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, and when he didn't have those guys last year, they were terrible. And when Russell Westbrook he was on a team all by himself, he brought them the to the playoffs. Like Russell Westbrook's an incredible player, and, Brad. And the Wizards are choosing. The Wizards are choosing to not have him play back to backs. He's not like that's that's their choice for maintenance. He's not, you know, he doesn't need that to to survive in the NBA. Like that's just what they're choosing to do. I think having Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal is something you build around, not something you blow up. Brad, as a Wizards fan, I'm glad you're not GM of the team. Coach, one last uh, quick, uh, one last, one last quick, one last quick point from you before we transition. Yeah, my take on um your 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 trade off for the uh, off the Michael Porter Jr. If you're the Wizards, I mean, it is intriguing. He does have all star potential. He, he fits, and if you get a bunch of picks, and then on the other end, Denver. They they're like one piece away, like with Jokic and, and Murray, and especially the way he played um, in the playoffs. If you have Brad next to that, that is so oh yeah dangerous. Push the Denver's, envelope. Denver's doing that in the heart. Open it up. Send all the picks. Um and and because you still like at the end of the day, you'll have Murray, Jokic, and Beal for the next five years. And I mean that you know, puts you in a top five, top six team in the NBA. Eric and Coach, before we move on, let me ask you this. Let's say you trade Brad Bill, you blow it up. Who do you want to draft? Who 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 rebuilds? Like, because I'm betting you don't even have like a player in mind. You just want the picks. Oh, oh yeah, King I Thompson, think you. I think you Bates, Chet Holmgren. None of those players will be available with the picks that you mentioned. But who's to say that you don't stack picks and then move up in the draft? Do you think that Oklahoma so City that. is going to? Do you think Oklahoma City is going to use all of their 21st round picks in the next six years? Or do you think that no, they're going to use capital? Able, no, but they're not going to be able to trade into a top three pick. Like thing is, we have our three. picks. Our picks are going to be a top five pick, though. So, like, yeah. the Wizards are yeah, already exactly. in there. They're two and nine. 
and and I think and I and I I think the I think the I mean look at someone like Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony is doing well this year. Wasn't a top top three pick. I think you want to trade Cole Anthony. No, I'm just saying if you're the Wizards, at least rebuild. Stop being in the middle of 500. But we'll see what they do. The trade deadline's a couple months away. Um, Bradley Beal is probably the biggest name on the market, so maybe he'll get moved, and we'll pick up this conversation uh, another day. Uh, We are going to transition to our question of the week sponsored by Shady Rays. And fellas, there's a lot of outdoor activities that you can do that social distance. You can hike, you can play catch, you can just catch some rays when the sun is nice. But for all of those, you're going to need sunglasses and Shady Rays got you covered. They're stylish. They're going to replace them if something gets happened to them. So get yourself a pair, go to ShadyRays.com, use the code triple play for 25% off your entire order. That is 25% off. Once again, in this pandemic, you got to save as much money as you can use code triple play one word. This applies to everything besides the RX series. So our question of the week sponsored by Shady Rays and inspired by coaches, who is the best player to not make an all-star appearance? Uh, A lot of players have had quite good NBA careers, but haven't gotten that accolade. So coach, as the basketball guru himself, who's somebody that hasn't gotten the love that he deserved that you want to shout out? My guy is none other than current Utah Jazz point guard, who they're tearing it up in the West, by the way. Mr. Leader, Mike Conley Jr. He's played in the West, and it's a huge factor in why he hasn't been an all-star. I mean, he's playing behind the likes of Curry, Lillard, Harden, CP3 for all those years, but um, he has been all NBA defense 2012-2013. He's been averaging 18-6 and six for the last seven-plus years. Um, he's one of the great all-around players. He defends at a very high level. He shoots efficiently at every level, whether that's three, free throw, two. Uh, he, he has one of the best floater games the league has seen. Um, he's top 15 in assists every year. Uh, he's reliable. Unlike his high school and college teammate, Greg Oden, it's amazing that Mike Conley has the the, the great um, NBA career. It's it's funny how he's turned into uh, one of the best players to never make an all-star game, being kind of like second fiddle or thought of as second fiddle both in his high school and in his college days. But the thing is, he's gotten better each and every year, and it's just a very, very smart, intelligent um, leader and even a better person than he is a basketball player. So my my guy is Mike Conley Jr. I agree with you, but if you ask me to feel sympathy, I'll say no because he he signed a five-year, $152.5 million <laughs> extension. So he is handsomely paid. Coach, and it sounds like you have – Yeah, Coach, it sounds like you have some Greg Oden hate. Uh, touching back on our first subject, is that the guy that's banned from our pod? No, I love for another guy? I feel bad for Greg, honestly. All right, all right. I, 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 I just wanted to touch base. I told you I was going to check in. Brad, you're a Shaq hater, but he makes some all-star appearances. Tell me someone you love that didn't get in. Eric, who's banned from our, our, our pod on your end? Uh, I don't know. I have to think. Jan Vesely. Yeah. I think uh, Jan Vesely. Yeah. Okay. Jan Vesely. Jan Vesely as coaches. Now, I'd have so much hate. I wouldn't be able to find boring. anything positive. Anyways, he would be, be a terrible guest. Nobody's boring, Coach. Everybody's got an interesting life. Jan Vesely. All right, Brad. Brad, Brad, is your is that your guy, Jan Vesely, to not make an All Star game? No, <laughs> no, no. All right, so uh, I went, I went back a little bit. I picked Lamar Odom. So, oh, from that's his a good one. Year, I, he was almost mine. That's a great yeah. pick. So, from his rookie year through 2008, he averaged 16, nine, and four with a steal and a block. So, Kevin Garnett and Chris Webber were the only other players to sustain those benchmarks over time. And they had their share of all-star games. Um, he was way ahead of the curve with being positionless. But uh, I think being grouped into the the bigs kind of stopped him from making a team. So uh, he's he's my guy. He had the handle. He had the three-point touch. He was just an ultimate glue guy. Um, I think he's, he's one of the best players to play the game low-key. And I wish he had made an all-star game. No, great pick. And he also, his tolerance for drugs is amazing. Um, just a little side Stop note. It. Stop it. <laughs> no, I love Lamar Odom. I, I'm so glad it Lamar is Odom got, got the help he needed. Um, so honorable shout out to Jamal Crawford, who has the most career points without being an all-star. 
19,419. I think he's had a long career, maybe not any superstar, superstar all-star seasons. But for me, it's Marcus Camby. And his most all-star worthy season was in 04-05, where he averaged 13.1 rebounds, 9.1 points, and 3.6 blocks. I don't think that he ever got the recognition that he deserved defensively because he was such a game changer. But you look at Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler has an all-star appearance. Rudy Gobert has an all-star appearance. I think Marcus Canvey is in that same tier. I mean, he is in the top 15 in blocks and in rebounds. And I think he could have scored more if he wanted. I think he was just a very unselfish player. And I don't think he had that. I don't think, you know, we look at someone like Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace was a multi-time all-star. But for Marcus Canby to not get it once, I think maybe it's just because he didn't have that ego where he's pouting about it. But he's somebody that should have been named one, at least in my opinion. He's somebody I looked up and I was shocked to see that they didn't make it. So that's a great pick. I had had both of you guys' pick. um, But since we did an honorable mention of, of, of Jay Cross, of Jamal Crawford, other names that like you're like they didn't make an all star game. We already mentioned Rudy Gay on the pod before, but mm-hmm. uh, Rod Strickland was a beautiful Rod Strickland. player. Mike Bibby, Jason Terry, Monte Ellis, Ron Harper, Andre Miller, and the last one, Serge Ibaka's never made one. Yeah, yeah Serge Ibaka. Oh, that, 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 that was I'm a little. I'm making it. Yeah, that, that that was a little bit of the falling cliff for me. You had me at that <laughs> first, but. If any of you guys, if, if also, any of you guys, Rod Strickland, ahead, Rod. an all-time NBA 2K player. Yeah, uh, nasty YouTube highlight. If any of you got, if any of you players are listening, you might have not been all stars in the NBA, but you're you're all stars in our eyes. So that's except what really counts, except for Shaq. But we will transition to our game of the week, and Coach James is hosting it. Coach, what are we playing today? What a beautiful transition, Brad, talking about Rod Strickland's 2K skills. I mean, he doesn't miss in the paint. You can't steal it from him, and he steals everything. Yes, so sir. for all my 2K heads, I, and I've personally been playing NBA 2K since it existed on the Dreamcast, so that's 21-plus years. This is Sagan. NBA Sagan, 2K. What was that, Brad? Sega needs to hit us with the sponsorship. I yeah, know, no free right? ads. Um, <laughs> so this is an NBA 2K ratings scale to 100. So for our reference and people playing at home, LeBron James is rated 97. He's the highest rated player in the game. Steph Curry's a 95. Carmelo Anthony is a 79. So that's kind of going to give us a, a reference for uh, players. And this is obviously the current 2K21. So the way it'll work is if you get it spot on, you get two. And if you're the closest, you get one. And this isn't an over-under thing. So if, like, say, Carmelo, Brad said 80, Doc, you said 78, you both would get a point or you both would get no point because you'd be the same close. All right. I love it. How many we got? Um, I got 10. All right. Let's do it. So we'll see how it goes. Um, and since we don't have to name, like, six different teams, I think that we'll fly right through this thing. <laughs> All right, number one. All right, Eric. We'll start. We'll start yeah. with Brad. You saw you didn't win. I thought you did. <laughs> we'll start with Brad and E, and then alternate. And then if I mess that up, just just let me know. All right, Brad. Our first guy is. We talked about him earlier. Colin Sexton. I'm gonna go 79 on Colin Sexton. Wait, coach, is this with the updates or preseason? This is current ratings from the okay. website. 2k so all right i'm going i'm going 84 two for e spot on he's he's and the game it's over all right eric blake griffin who can't stay on the court surprise surprise i'm gonna go 80 i'm gonna go 82 (laughs) two for eric he's rated 80 oh my Oh my gosh! And the game. <laughs> all right, crazy. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm buying a lottery ticket today. I'm buying. I'm you placing should, you so should. many. I am placing so many NFL bets after this. Do, <laughs> Doma Sabonis, Dematis Sabonis. Ah, my guy. I'm gonna go 91. I'm gonna go 86. 
no, 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 there's no way. Oh, we gotta keep rolling with this one. All right, uh, <laughs> Eric Luca, Luca Doncic, Luca. Oh, gosh, Luca's a 92. I'm gonna go 94. Um, Eric, I don't know what's wrong. You're terrible. He's a, he's a 93. I was thinking about saying 93, actually. I felt like the pressure got to you. You're like, I can't, I'm going to roll. <laughs> I can't mess this up. Eric's locked in, man. All right. All right. I'm, Christian I'm, Wood. I'm, I used to be a 2K head. Good. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 81 on Christian Wood. That's a good, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to say Christian Wood is 82. Another two for E. Get that. Oh, yes. This is absurd. I, we got we to gotta keep rolling with this because he's only been one. <laughs> off. All right. Um, Brandon Ingram, Doc. Brandon Ingram. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. I'm going to say Brandon Ingram is 87. That's literally what I was going to say. So now I'm going to say 85. All right. Split it again. He's an 86. 86. All right. All right. All right. Next up, uh, Tyler Hero. Whew. 80 on the button. 79. All right. We got one for Brad. He's an 82. Wow. Okay, that's there cool. we go. way too high for him. Well, he did, drop, he did drop 37 in the Eastern Conference Finals. All right, uh, yeah, but he was solid that whole stint. Um, Trey Young, who's that? Eric, that I think it is Eric. Trey Young is a 90. Did I just hear some typing, Eric? I'm typing my answers on here because I don't have paper in front of me. Um, I'm gonna go 92 for Trey. Oh, that's that's two for uh, Brad. He is a – oh, go. actually, I'm sorry. Oh, man. See? I, I was looking at someone else. He, he, he's an 87. That's another one for E. <laughs> Maybe should should yeah, man, Trey, let's give Ronnie 2K a call, man. Trey Young needs to be bumped up a little bit. That's yeah. yeah I, he, he deserves to be higher, but I, I was like, Trey Young is getting slander, so 90 is like low. But uh-huh. DeAndre apparently Aiden. that's high. I'll tell you what, I don't know if I've been ever, ever so wrong about a player than I was about Trey Young. I did not think he could do what he's doing now. My brother well, did the same thing. He said he I, is I, a complete bust. I was like, no, be patient with this kid. He's to, to be honest, to be honest, if Atlanta didn't build their system around Trey Young, like that offense is tailored to him. I don't think he's a he's a player you can plug into an offense. I think you need to have that offense run around him. But DeAndre Ayton, yes. I will say is an 80, 85. I'm going to say, I'm going to say he's an 80, 86. He's an 82. I know. Well, if you basically. I thought after after his past three games, he'd be up there, but nah. There you you go. All right. Um, What about LaMelo Ball? Doc's favorite player. I mean, he's just. (laughs) Was raving about this kid. Oh, he's gonna be a complete bust. All right, Brad goes first. I'm gonna go. I'll tell you, he'll eventually be a 94, but but right now he's probably a 79. Hey, I'm writing that down too. <laughs> 94. All right, Doc. What you got on Bello? 12. Oh, <laughs> he's just uh, sacrificing. What's your stance on him, by the way, these days? You, you, you look at him in a in a in a brighter light, or uh... I mean, he, he showed some he showed some flashes of upside. He has a good ceiling, but he's a little inconsistent. Brad, what about Wiseman? Wiseman turned me, man. He's gonna be great. I I I was uh I was hesitant on him for the many reasons I've stated on many different pods that we've had, but. He showed me a lot. He's a very versatile player. He can defend the paint. Draymond's coaching him up. He looks great. And I guess kind of to wrap things up, I'll touch on my guy, Anthony Edwards. He's been he's been uh, struggling shooting the ball. Um, I, again, I still think that he could be a 20-point-per-game score, but I, I don't see winning at all with him. 
I, he does not have the mold as a winning basketball player. And um, I I think they kind of they blew it with the one pick. You you got to go ball or, or Wiseman. They, yeah. they blew it. It could be. Um, wait, coach. Now is the time where you tell us Lamelo Ball has a forty-seven rating. Oh, uh, he's at he's an eighty-one. So I, oh, I guess Brad is all five too. He's eighty-one. He's rated the same as Derrick Rose. Ironically, um, Derrick Rose, man, I I want him to go somewhere where he can contend. Yeah, and the bench thing, he's not his value. His trade value is like I don't know. He he should he belongs on a, a contending team because we haven't seen him do any work in the playoffs since his Bulls days. Yeah, the Lakers, shit, the Lakers could use him, man. Oh, they for could. sure. The Clippers could. could really Clippers, use him. Oh, yeah, the Clippers could they really could. use him. They could. I don't. I didn't keep track, but I assume with my hitting the first three on the dot that I won the game, so I'll take a little bit of FaceTime. Yeah, you I ran away with this one, Doc. Great job. That was wonderful. And go to Vegas thank, today at some point. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm definitely going to play some bets, which is good. I'm a little down this week. Hopefully David isn't listening. Um, I, I want to thank everybody that's been listening in and been tuning in. Um, you know, we started this three ish months ago. We've had some players on Ricky Pierce, Adrian Dantley, Scott Pollard, Len Elmore, all have been great. Hopefully we're getting some more guests in the future. If you've missed any of those interviews, please check them out on YouTube, check them out on uh, Spotify or Apple podcasts. Um, and just thank you for all the, all the support we've had. Um, this is something we take a lot of pride in Brad coach and I especially look forward to talking basketball each week. And we hope that you guys enjoy listening to us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram once again at Trip Play Fantasy. We're going to talk some more fantasy hoops and some more drama next week because there's ever a shortage. Coach and Brad, before we sign off, anything you guys want to say to the listeners? Yeah, uh, we really do appreciate um, the listens and and it, it kind of growing a little bit. And we'd love to hear feedback. So anytime something comes up and you, you have an idea, send us a message on on our Twitter, you know, our accounts. And um, yeah, we like, we, we love to hear feedback and we're trying to make this show the best show possible, the best fantasy basketball show on the market. But again, yeah, we do appreciate you guys. I just want to let you guys know how much I hate Shaq. Why, why can't the guy stop hating? I just don't get it. <laughs> That's all I have to say. All right. Well, next thing for me to do before I buy all these lottery tickets is write to Shaq and ask him to be on our podcast, have him and Brad debate, but we will catch everyone next week. Remember everyone stay safe. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. Wear a mask and 